Hey everybody, this is Keith Loy. I'm the founding senior pastor of Celebrate Church in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and this is our podcast. I just want to say thank you for joining us, and it is my prayer that this week's message will truly encourage you. Enjoy. Yes, you should applaud. Those are wonderful testimonies, and that's what it means to be the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. And that's what Celebrate Church is, and today we're going to celebrate what you have done to be the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. I've been thinking about the last 18 months. By the way, I forgot to give you my name, didn't I? I was so excited when I heard the testimonies. I'm Joanne Lyon. I'm the former general superintendent of the Wesleyan Church, and it's been a joy to be with you all these years. And also the founder of World Hope International. I'm just old, so I've done a lot of stuff. And uh, it's so wonderful to, to partner with you in World Hope in Liberia, and we're going to talk about that in a little bit. But I just want to say to you, thank you. The last 18 months in the United States and the world, literally the world, COVID has hit the world, as you know, has been very unsettling. In fact, I've just written a chapter for a book called When the Universe Cracks. <laughs> And in a sense, that's what we've experienced these last 18 months. The universe is cracked. We don't quite know what to do. Nobody does. Nobody has a great, straight plan. Oh, I know what this is all about. And you know what? I think God planned it that way because he wants us to depend upon him. We always think, you know, we've got that strategic plan. We know what's next. We know what the next thing is, the next thing. Well, sometimes God... Not sometimes, many times God interrupts our strategic plan to give us his strategic plan. And it takes time. And it takes time to listen. And it takes time to know, wait a minute, and things are changing and things aren't going to go back to the way they are because God wants to do something new. And that's what he's doing here. And I'm excited about what you're doing in the future. But you know, during these times, what I've, I've noticed what you've done during these times of uncertainty, I have noticed your outreach, what I just saw. And you have been living the great commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and your neighbor as yourself. That's the great commandment. Jesus himself gave it. It's also in the Old Testament, in Leviticus, to love the Lord your God with all your mind, heart, and soul, and your neighbor as yourself. Or as some rabbi friends of mine have said, they've translated that in Leviticus, your neighbor as your equal. That's a little bit, that's a little more difficult, isn't it? Your neighbor as your equal. And that's what you've been doing. Uh, these, these 18 months, this is what God has been doing through you. He's changing you. You know, we celebrated Pentecost a few weeks ago. And that's when the Holy Spirit came and said, and God said, now this is my church. Every person has my spirit in them and the power to do the church. And that was the beginning, the birthday of the church. And God is moving through his church in the world today. And I just want to remind you, God is changing the world through his church, not through Microsoft (laughs) or not through General Motors, although they're not doing so hot, are they? But He's chosen to change the world through you, his Holy Spirit in you. We feel very insignificant. Oh, that can't be me. But God is doing that. 
And so as I look at the future of Celebrate, I see some very creative, marvelous things that God wants to do in and through you. But I just want to, when you decided that you wanted to um, care about people, you were already caring, but you're saying, oh, we're, we're struggling, we don't know what to do, but we're still going to care about other people because we're going to love our neighbor as ourself. And you chose to continue loving the people in Liberia, the country of Liberia. Do, and if we have the picture of the map up there, we can go ahead and put that on. The country of Liberia in Africa, and you can see it's on the west coast. See that? See where the, it is? It's, a, it's a, a country, a population of 4 million people. Liberia is the country that after the Civil War in the United States, slaves, they returned slaves to Liberia. Many wanted to go back to Africa. And many were not from Liberia, but that became the place where ex-slaves from the United States were sent back to the country of Liberia. And it, they began to develop the country. And it became a wonderfully developed country over these many years. In the early 90s, and I know we have Liberia people here in, this, in the congregation. I'm so grateful for them. And they can give you some very terrible stories that took place during that time. But there you are. I see you right there. Give them a hand. Yeah. <laughs> yes. English was the language in Liberia, although there are tribal languages, but English is the, is the major language there. And Liberia prospered. In fact, just yesterday at the airport in Chicago, I started talking with a woman who was from Ghana. And I said, oh, yes, I've been there in Liberia and Sierra Leone. She said, oh, my gosh, Liberia used to be the most developed country in Africa. It was. And people would go to Liberia and say, I've gone just a little trip to little America. It was so well developed. But a terrible civil war broke out, and it was overpowering issues, and I won't get into all the issues of it. It was a terrible, bitter civil war, and it was terrible. Atrocities such as you have never seen. The entire infrastructure destroyed. Everything destroyed. Children out of school for years and years and years and years and years. No opportunities. Um, and, and the war went on and on for years and years, and and amputations took place, and children were conscripted into the army as child soldiers. So just think about somebody walking in your home, taking your seven-year-old boy, and saying, we're making at gunpoint, and we're going to give him an AK-47, and he can go out and kill whoever he wants. We're going to give him alcohol at night to sleep, and we're going to give him cocaine in the day to keep him going. How would you like that for your child? And I even saw... I had heard, I didn't see these people, but later I heard that they would take many of these little child soldiers and cut a slit in their, in their cheek and store cocaine there. And then they could get the cocaine out and take it. They were totally controlled. How would you like it if someone moved into your, walked into your house with guns and said, we're taking your daughters as sex slaves to the rebel soldiers? That's, what, that's the kind of life. Or the husband, we're going to mutilate your husband so that he can never work again. All, it was atrocious. It was evil. The height of evil. This went on for years and years. One Sunday morning at a church in Monrovia, which is the capital city, this woman by the name of Lee Mae Bowie said, and she had about seven people in her Sunday school class that morning, and she said, we're tired of this. We're tired of being raped. We're tired of our children being taken as child soldiers. We're tired of our girls being taken as sex slaves. 
and we're tired, and we're going to make something happen. Now, just think about this. You had these big armies. You had all of this. You had all of this, these guns. You had all of this stuff, and the rest of the world wasn't doing anything, and there it was. And these seven women decided they're going to take it on. Now, that's ridiculous, except for the power of God. And these seven women, and my brother here can can verify this, these seven women decided the first thing they were going to do, they were going to go out and get as many women as they could. Now, women weren't, they didn't have any guns. They didn't have any power. They didn't have anything in that country. But these seven women began to get hundreds of women to go to the fish market, which is a big place there in Monrovia on the ocean, the fish market, and sing and pray all day long. Now, think about the power. I think about that in the Old Testament. Remember when, when there was a big battle and God told, told the, the uh, people, uh, send out the singers first. Don't go out with your chariots. Send out the singers first. And they won the battle. The singers won the battle, not the chariots. And that's what these women did. And hundreds and hundreds of them would go, all dressed in white, all the time. They went to the refugee camps. They got women all over. And they went. Then finally they realized, hey, wait a minute. These talks are happening up in Ghana, but we're not there. And they decided they were going to move themselves into the peace talks that the UN was doing. Now, the UN didn't want all these women, many, many, many illiterate women. They didn't want them. After all, they're smart, smart men. They know everything. <laughs> Guess what? Those hundreds of women crashed the UN peace meetings in Ghana. And they went in there and they said, we are going to have peace in our country and we're going to get back to, we're going to live, be able to live a peaceful life as God wants us to, et cetera, et cetera. Well, guess what? The women, those seven women that started this, it is credited that they are the ones that ended that bitter war in Sierra Leone, in Liberia. And in 2011, Lee Mae Bowie was presented with a Nobel Peace Prize. The world recognized that. And I say, my friends, and she will say today, and she, if you want to know more about that, you can look at the documentary, Pray the Devil Back to Hell. I love that name of that documentary. And you can just get it on, on your TVs. Pray the Devil Back to Hell. And that's exactly what they did. And that's the country God's called you now as we're rebuilding and putting things back together. Still, 60% of the children are not in school. And I just thought, Keith and I were talking about it. Wouldn't it be great if Celebrate could say, hey, wait a minute, we're going to change that percentage. We're going to get children educated. And what you just did, you just did, is we have, you have, we've got 88 children sponsored in Liberia from the church here, and I think we can get a lot more, but we're now redoing eight schools that have now over 400 children in them, and uh, we're getting electricity in the school, you're getting, uh, and, and the schools have been existing, and these children sitting on, on, on concrete blocks, and I want to tell you, the, the, when they did their test scores, these children in these schools, their test scores were 40% higher than those in government schools that had desks. <laughs> So these are bright kids. These are bright kids. These are kids who want this. And so when the funds came in 
to begin to do all the work that you're getting ready to do in the schools and a smart box, as it's called. It has a, it's a, like a big computer, but you don't have internet there. So it loads all the encyclopedias and loads all the books and all of this. So they have all of these opportunities. The country director cried when the money came for that. And he said this, when I see a child in Gondor or Larry Marshall's school, which you are doing, walking to school on bare feet, nose running, looking weak and malnourished, I simply see a reflection of my past self. And all that comes to my mind is how they might, they probably did not have a meal or even slept on a cup of porridge after a whole day of toiling. And that's the lens from that I see God's wisdom for practical solutions on everything that relates to a poor person. And another reason I've chosen to selfishly serve, selflessly serve humanity as my mission during the appoint opportunity God has granted in my life. What happened with him, someone came along and became a mentor. Someone came along and granted him education. And he was able to live. And now he is our country director. You'll be, you're working directly with him. I'm going to work out for him to give a video to you uh, so you can meet him. A great man of God that is working there. He understands because that's who he was. And so his heart is there. But I want to tell you what else you have done. And if you can put up that video or that slide with just some numbers. You, we started two years ago and we did 10 wells in 10 communities. And here we have 725 new believers in Jesus from those from the Jesus film. And then um, we have... Um, uh, then we, you, the work you just did in Peace Island, and then during COVID, uh, COVID hit Liberia. They had to shut down. It was locked down. Couldn't get the rigs out at all. They had curfews. And I was on the phone with the man who's the head of all of the World Evangelical Alliance for the whole continent of Africa. And I said to him, what, is, what do you need? And he said, you know what we need? We need water. We can't wash our hands in dirty water. I didn't even think about that, you know? We're here all the time washing our hands. My kids are always calling me, Mom, did you wash your hands today? I thought, that was so dumb. My kid calling me, did I wash my hands, you know? <laughs> and the role reversal there that took place, you know? Um, and then I realized if the, COVID is there, if they can't wash their hands, and so you helped us. And so they decided in, in Liberia we would rehab wells that had been broken. Just go through the community, particularly in Monrovia, the capital city, rehab wells. You helped us rehab wells. And with that, 25,000 people received water and hand-washing stations. Now, I want to tell you, do the, the numbers are up there. You have reached a total of set for people for water, a total direct, now this is a direct beneficiary, 73,106 people. But when we look at that number, then we multiply that by three because we look at the total impact. So you have given water to over 200,000 people. Isn't that the population of Sioux Falls? Clean water. That means they'll live. That means their health will be better. That means that women can go to school, that little girls can go to school because they're the ones responsible for getting the water. That means the whole community has changed. And let me just tell you one personal thing. They did a study in Liberia, and I've, I've, then I've heard these, these women have come up to me and said these things. Before the well came in, 
30% of the children under five died every year. After one year of clean water, 1% of the children under five died. My friends, this means that you have saved, we can't begin to count the number of lives if you look at 200,000 people with water and how many lives have been changed. This is what Jesus has called us to do, God, his people. He's called us, and that's what you're doing. And I cannot thank you enough as we move forward and begin to get all the information as we move forward and all that you're going to do. You see, you celebrate are on a new trajectory. God's doing something. I'll never forget when I was in Egypt and the pastors, uh, and it was right after the Tahir Square and all the people that had been killed, etc. And one of the pastors then said to me, well, Joanne, the, the Arab Spring broke our imagination of what God can do. I thought, oh my, their imagination is, I got to think of something to help them, to encourage them. And then finally, one of them raised their hand and said, Joanne, I think you haven't exactly heard what we mean by that. You see, since the Arab Spring, four million Muslims have come to Jesus. God, God broke our imagination because it wasn't big enough. And I'm praying God breaks your imagination. <laughs> that it can expand to what his imagination is for what he wants you to do. And it's going to be different. You're not going to be like all the other churches. And I'm praying that Celebrate becomes literally the DNA that runs clear through the entire Wesleyan church denomination and beyond. It becomes a model out there for what God wants to do in his church this day. And I can't get away from Isaiah 43. You need to read the whole chapter. I'm not going to do that today. But the one piece that I love, he says, God says, see, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. And that's what you're doing. God bless you. And I want to welcome Galen Enns today. Galen, your chief financial officer, who has been so wonderful to work with in every way. And he has an imagination that God has given him. And it's great to work with you, Galen. God bless you. Thank you, Joanne. Wow. It is amazing to be a part of such an uh, incredible denomination, an incredible church like we are. Well, welcome to Memorial Day weekend. It's a time when we remember those who have gone before us. And God has Memorial Days for his people in the Bible. They're called festivals. And they're times for God's people to stop what we're doing, the nation of Israel, and contemplate, remember, appreciate all that God has done. And so this morning, I'd like to take a few moments and walk us through a journey together of not only what, how God has been good to us, but how God has been good through us over this past year. The journey begins a little over a year ago, in March 2020, the second week, COVID hit, and this country shut down. 
you remember that, say yes. Yes. Yes, we all remember that. And when that happened, Celebrate's offerings were instantly and dramatically impacted. You can imagine. And the leadership of this church had a hunch that this thing that they were calling coronavirus at the time was going to last a while. It could. And it could impact our people for months to come. So we went to work. And the first thing we did was we prayed for you. We prayed for our people, Lord. That's where it starts. And the second things we did were we shut down sections of this building. We turned down thermostats. We stopped driving vehicles so we could take insurance off of them. We canceled stuff. We sold stuff. And we were successful. God allowed us to reduce our budget by almost 40% temporarily. Imagine that. And those cuts were easy decisions for us. And most of them were implemented by the end of March a year ago. Why? Because we are not going to continue plowing snow and later on watering the church lawn when there are celebrators who are going to need help with medical care, with groceries, with utilities, with toilet paper, of all things. (laughs) Who Who would have thought that? So those were easy decisions for us. But then a wonderful thing began to happen. Checks began showing up at the church. Lots of them. Like, every day we went out to the mailbox and celebrators began mailing your checks, your ties, to the church. And celebrators began doing online, or giving online like never before. You guys absolutely lit it up. It was like manna from heaven. Seriously. Some of you were even donning your masks, getting in your cars, and driving to the church so that you could personally deliver your offerings to the lockboxes at our front doors. You guys are amazing. Absolutely amazing. Yes. (laughs) That deserves an applause. But very quickly, we realized that our people were isolated in our homes. And so we began delivering supplies and care baskets to all the people of Celebrate. And we went all over. But honestly, that experience, I don't know if it was more of a blessing for the homes receiving those baskets or for the people delivering them. I tell you, it was amazing to finally see live people and talk to you and find out how you were doing. Ah. Oh. And then we were blown away again at the end of 2020. Of all the offerings that were given last year to this church, almost, almost 20% of them came in a five-day window. The days between Christmas and New Year's. And in that five-day window, Celebrate received the largest single donation that we've ever received in the history of the church. Now, who would have imagined that in a year like COVID? But God. But God. He loves us, 
and he's taking care of us in ways we don't understand. So we stood absolutely amazed by our God. Because of the response of celebrators to the uncertainty of COVID. And as Joanne just said a moment ago, they were very uncertain days. And so many of you responded to that uncertainty by opening your bank accounts and offering them to the Lord. That's real faith. People, that is how faith responds. There were also stories of those of you who increased your tithe to 15% or 20% or more to help out because you knew that others were losing their jobs and were not able to give. (laughs) Thank you for the sacrifices you made. Thank you for the sacrifices you gave. And thank you for the sacrifices you gave. And thank you for the sacrifices you gave. You have no idea the difference you made. You have no idea. We are so filled with gratitude and encouragement because of you, because of your faith. Hmm. So now I have a few questions for you. Did you know that last year, last winter, celebrators gave 483 coats and 373 blankets to people in need in our community, children and their families? Did you know that in February, celebrators gave over 9,000 pounds of food to families in need in our community? 9,000 pounds. And as was stated in the video by Rich, uh, we just got done last month with giving refreshments to 2,500 construction workers at 900 sites across this community. Yes, we did all that. But that's just the beginning. We're just getting started. As Joanne shared with us, let's talk about Liberia for a moment. Let's make it personal. It began last summer when we gave money to help refurbish wells for tens of thousands of people in Liberia. And because of that, those people have fresh, clean water because of you, because of your love for them and for the Lord. Then in November, Celebrate partnered with World Hope and Habitat for Humanity to provide not only clean water, but also state-of-the-art sanitation systems for the 35,000 residents of Peace Island, which is located just outside of Monrovia, the capital that Joanne was talking about. Absolutely life-changing for these people. This summer, or last year, I should say, we adopted 88 um, children from Africa. And there's lots of proud parents here today. (laughs) And just... This month, 
we sent $125,000 to three Wesleyan schools to make sure our children in Liberia have excellent education. Absolutely. Now let's talk about our children at home for a moment. In August, we donated two 15-passenger vans. One went to the Boys and Girls Club, the other one went to St. Francis House to help support their ministry to kids and families in our community. And in December, we made sure that the children of Terry Redland Elementary School had gifts for Christmas with our angel tree. Then uh, last month, this month, we made sure that every fourth and fifth grader at Terry Redland School had books to read this summer. And now, in partnership with Feeding South Dakota Backpack Program, we just sent almost $50,000 to make sure that 1,350 children in our community have food this summer. Praise God. Now let's talk kingdom impact. Because we really do love Jesus. And we really do want people to meet him. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. So Easter a year ago, 2020, there were over 18,000 people who joined us for services, Easter 2020. And as you recall, those services were 100% digital because we were all sitting in quarantine at home, weren't we? We learned something during that experience. And in Christmas Eve, we had over 20,000 people join us for services. I still remember those services. They were amazing. Easter this year, we had over 46,000 people join us for services. Amen. So listen to this. Even during a pandemic, even during a famine like the pandemic, the seeds of hope are still being planted. They're still being planted, my friends. And that hope is a capital H, and his name is Jesus. Amen. Our Father in heaven, how hallowed be your name. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. I'm going to invite our elder board to the stage, and it's actually a combination of all of these, if you will, of our trustees and our LBA, which is our leader, Leadership Board of Administration. Uh, as they come, I'll introduce them. Uh, but I want to share with you that there's a, two of the couples won't be here. Uh, B.J. Motley, who is a part of uh, the board, the trustees. Uh, B.J., this morning his wife had to go into the hospital in an emergency. We still don't know what's going on. But uh, I've been texting him, uh, texting him actually backstage and uh, no results yet of what, what they're trying to figure out what's going on. But, man, I just covet that we would pray 
uh, for BJ, for Kim. In fact, let's just do that right now. Father, you're the God of results. (laughs) And Lord, we're just asking for an incredible touch upon Kim right now. Upon BJ and that, Lord, that you would bring clarity swiftly, quickly. And if God, you so choose, she'd just get up and walk out of there. Because that's the God you are. And we entrust them to you. And in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we ask for your healing touch. And I prayed in Jesus' name. And everyone says, Amen. Amen. Also, Troy and Shauna Wagi will not be with us. Uh, they had something that they had strategically planned way long time ago. But uh, I know that they're joining us uh, at this time right now, at least online. But Doug and Debbie Morrison, uh, Doug is the chair, if you will, of the LBA, the Leadership Board of Administration. His wife, Debbie, uh, Eric and Jillian Martinson are also part of the leadership board of, of our leadership board of administration. Uh, Nick and Allie Oviden as well sit upon uh, the leadership board of administration. Tim and Bridget Valentine, uh, many of you know Tim who's on our staff. Uh, he sits on the LBA as well as part of staffing, but also as we think about the future and continuing to raise up our young people within the church. And Brent and Mindy Norgard. Brent is on staff as well, but he sits on the board of trustees. Uh, He oversees, as Galen sits on the board of trustees, as our chief financial officer. He sits on the board of trustees as our chief operation, if you will, administrator. And And then Terry Barbie Rosendahl. Terry sits on the trustees. Uh, Linda and Mike Haugen. Linda sits on the board of the trustees. And then Galen Collinens, as I just shared that as well. Thank you, Keith. And I love the way you did your business meeting this year. Uh, you know, interesting things make us do th- things differently. So we, you've already started on the new trajectory. And frankly, I think this may be a trajectory that can last uh, throughout the whole denomination. Because you did this by email. You did this by um, Uh, U.S. Postal Service. Um, And so the results are this. 848 total members available to vote. 249 votes cast. Confirmation of the elders, that's the local board of administration and the board of trustees. 98% of the total votes cast voted in favor of the elders. And I just might add that they were telling, Brent was telling me that some people had some questions, which is great. They called. That's good. That means you care about this if you have some questions. Called, and their questions were answered, and they were very satisfied with their answers. Proposed annual budget, 96% of the total votes cast voted in favor of the budget. So thank you for caring. Thank you for saying, yes, we're a part of this, and we have a voice, and we are trusting the leadership in this. So in a way, give yourselves a hand for this wonderful business meeting. And now uh, we have in the discipline of the Wesleyan Church a a, 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 um, ceremony 
liturgy to ask questions. And this is interesting because, you know, the, the, the churches didn't just start and say, oh, we're going to have all this business. This started in the book of Acts. Dear friends, it is reported in the book of Acts of the apostles that when the early church was growing, the number of disciples was multiplying, and the duties of the church so increased and became diversified that the church called its members together and chose those of good report, you can read this in the book of Acts, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, to assist in administering the affairs of the church, and that the officers thus chosen by the church were set before the apostles, who laid hands on them and prayed, thus settling them apart in the presence of the church to the duties in their honorable office. In like manner, this church, having first sought the guidance of the divine spirit, has chosen you to similar offices, to be associated with those already in office and with the pastor before whom you have now come for public consecration. Therefore, I'm going to get this way, so you all are facing the people you're responsible for, and they can just look at my back. (laughs) Therefore, we, the pastor and the people of this church, call upon you to hear and join in this pledge of trust to Christ and his church. So this is a pledge to you, the officers of the church. Trusting in Jesus Christ, the great head of the church, this is your pledge, I humbly promise him and his church, that I will be faithful to the extent of my ability to all known duties and responsibilities assigned to me as an officer of this church. I will endeavor to be regular in my attendance, cheerful in my service, wholehearted in my giving, open-minded in my planning, patient in the face of trials, Persistent in the face of difficulty. And Christ-like in my faithfulness to his service. I will seek by example and precept the promotion of Christian fellowship among all our members and the spreading of the message of full salvation at home and abroad. The question to you, do you cheerfully and yet solemnly accept the obligations of this pledge? If so, will you answer, I do. Then we, pastors and leaders of this church, call upon the members and friends of this church to hear and join in this pledge of loyalty to all those called of God and elected by the church as leaders. So now I'm going to talk to you. So you're going to look at my face now. This is your pledge. Having chosen these officers to guide us in the administration of the church, we, its members, and friends do now pledge our loyalty to its work and promise our consideration of the plans and our friendly cooperation in the service suggested to us. We acknowledge our duty and declare our determination to pray for all our leaders, and to share with them in the glorious responsibility of spreading the good news, thus hastening the coming of Christ. My question to you, 
do you cheerfully and yet solemnly accept the obligation of this pledge? If so, will you stand and answer? Will you all stand, whether you're a member or not? Everybody stand and answer this answer. We solemnly pledge, we do. Let's remain uh, standing, and I want us all to, we, we all can't come up and put our hands on the officer's heads, but we will put our arm out as if we are, and let's lay our hands on their head and on their heart. Lord Jesus, in this service this morning, we have said we solemnly do this. This is before you. This isn't just some piece of liturgy out of a book. We are saying this before you this morning. We are pledging before you. We are, we are promising before you what we've just read and what we've said we will do. So I place a special anointing on every single member of this board of, of elders. And I place a special anointing on the pastors and a special anointing on Keith, the lead pastor, Keith Loy, the lead pastor of this wonderful congregation, and how you're speaking through him in so many ways. May we be, may we listen, may we trust And Lord, you have great things ahead that we don't even know. But I pray for this board to have wisdom that becomes more than their own wisdom. It's not the earthly wisdom, but wisdom that you want to impart to them. And I pray this year will be a year of amazing things. It's your wisdom, your work. And we can only look and say, we've done nothing. Look at all that God has done. And so today, Lord, on this May Uh, 30, 2021, may your anointing rest. May your wisdom be there. May your knowledge be there. And may the fruit of the Spirit shine through every single member and every pastor in this church. In the name of Jesus, who's taught us all to pray, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. And with a shout, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. God bless you all. As this team is exiting the stage, Joanne, I want to say thank you. Thank you so much. I hope that you take notice who was on the stage. And uh, I say this all the time. I'm an open book person. Obviously, my hope is when I share stories that are personal, my my hope is that you don't hear them as me bleeding on you. Because that is not what I'm intending at all. But I'm just like you. Things like COVID make you a little weary. They make you a little leery. Is that just reality? But we serve an awesome God. And it's about him. I need Jesus as much as you do. And so I just share with you that those on the stage, anything that you want to share, you can call them. You can talk to them. They're not yes people. That's been said over years that Pastor Keith just puts yes people around around him. I'd say this, I put people that say yes to God around me. I'm not interested in those who love Jesus so much, but they're always pessimistic. I'm not interested in that. But I know that they love God more than they love me. 
And that's important. A lot of questions people ask, how do you become an elder? I would always say this, those who come looking to be on that board are the ones that I fear the most. People who want to be in leadership in such a way so they can experience power and control, I would simply say, I hope you have it when you're all said and done, that you can explain God for it. The goal of a leader is not to be in power and control, it's to be under the power and control and to be able to seek Him. And so when COVID hit, I shared with you, and I'll say this in a moment, but when COVID hit, I was all about the fact that we're not going back. Now, I can't speak on behalf of you. I can only speak on behalf of me. This was the group that I met with, and I let them know that if you want me to take you through COVID and then get you back on track, you need to know I will do that. But then I'm going to submit my resignation. Not because I think what you're doing is wrong. It would just be wrong for me. And that doesn't mean that there's parties when they part ways that one person's bad and maybe one person hurts someone. It isn't about that at all. It's about knowing who you are under the umbrella of God and what I believe that God had called Kay and I to do. It has been a glorious 22 years. But of course they asked, what do you mean by that? And I said, listen, all I know is that I can't go back. I've been on a journey and I can't, I can't continue to lead where it's just we see church as a weekend thing. Because my Bible, my Bible as I read it doesn't teach that. And I said, but if you want me to lead you down a path I've never been, you've never been, then I will, I will do everything I can to lead you in that direction. And they unanimously said, we want that. And so we're on a new, new trajectory, if you will. A new way, and I believe with all my heart, the church of the past will no longer work, people. It won't work. It just isn't going to happen. The days of the comfortable pew are over. The days of the weekend Christian it isn't going to cut it anymore. The American evangelical church is on a decline, people. I've been telling you that for the last year. It's on a decline. And we've got to decide if the name of Jesus really matters. And that's what I've been preaching and sharing with you. And in a moment, as I, we wrap up the, series, the, the service, I want to just invite you to what we're getting ready to do this summer for 11 weeks. Because we're going to do a series called Rethink. And I, I will explain that in a moment of why we're doing that. I, I recognize that some of you might be going, I don't know if I agree with you. I'm okay with that. And maybe we'll get down the road and we'll discover you were right and I was wrong. And I'm okay with that. I'm just telling you I'm not going to be able to say that today. Because today I think we've glorified the past. And what we're doing wrong is we're demonizing the present and the future. The past is what God is here. Somewhere we need to embrace that. But God is doing a new thing. And I'm just honorary enough. I'm just crazy enough. And my faith enough that I'm willing to risk it all. To go into the darkness with light and believe that God's up to something. And I want to invite you into that. This is Memorial Weekend. And I want to set something up to help you, if you will, to walk in. The last year, we've lost some people that are very dear to us. They're home with Jesus. Amen to that? They beat us home. We're sad because we grieve, right? We grieve about what we lost. 
I think in the church, we got to learn to do a little bit better in our grief. Let's only grieve for a moment and let's grieve for ourselves and let's not grieve for them. But then let's get over ourselves as fast as we can and get about the Father's business. Because the goal in Christian faith is to die. The goal for me is that I'm going to breathe my last and I'm going to say to you, mm-hmm, I'm going home. Because that's, that's, that's my home. This isn't my home. That's my home. And, and not my homes, my home, okay? And so, uh, but, <laughs> but I, 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 will, I will share with you, that's the goal. And that's why eternity is a big deal for us. And so I want to set this up and invite the team to the stage. This is a moment to remember. And I want to come back and just bring this together as we wrap up this service, okay? Watch this.
Father, Lord, we reminded just the frailty of life. God, forgive us when we think there's a tomorrow. And in those moments, we take the very gift of one another for granted. God, in looking at each one of these pictures, how many conversations this side of heaven will no longer take place. You were right. You're always right. None of us knows today or tomorrow. But what we can know is when that time comes that we will be face to face with you, home forever. But God, even more so, others that by the very gift of Jesus and the sharing of that good news will be with us as well. That was what, when it was broke in the garden that you desired that we would come home. So forgive us when we get so wrapped up in the things that are seem so important in the moment, but looking back how trivial they are. And what matters most. First and foremost, we have you. To love with all our heart, soul, and our minds. But the second, just like it, that we would love one another the same. 
May we be that church. God, I'm sure there's some here. The pictures draw that inner loss. Reminded that for a moment of time we're separated. God, be that God of comfort. That God of strength. But the God that redeems and restores that while we're temporarily apart, there's still work to be done. And we want to be led and empowered by your spirit to do just that. And in that we say thanks, God. And all of God's people would say, Amen. 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 I'm going to ask the lights to stay down if they will, if that's okay. If we could just bring them back down. Thank you. Abraham, if you'd just keep playing. I want to read to you from Eugene Peterson's The Message. You don't need to go there. But I want you to listen to the words as I just bring this all together. I'm not saying that I have it all together. And that somehow I figured it all out. But I know this, I'm well on my way. I'm reaching out for Christ. Who has so wondrously reached out for me. Oh, my dear friends, don't get me wrong. By no means do I count myself an expert in all of this. But I've got my eye on a goal. It's a goal where Jesus is and where God is beckoning me onward. So I'm off and running. And I'm not turning back. I'm not going back. So let me encourage you. Let's be focused on that goal. Those of us who want everything that God has for us. That's an interesting statement. Therefore, if any of you have something else in mind, something less than a total commitment, it's my hope that God will clear up your blurred vision because you're not seeing it right. You see, I believe we're on the right track. And I believe we need to stay on that track. So I'm asking you, will you stick with me, my friends? Will you stay the course? And that we're all heading to that same goal? You see, there's many out there who are taking a different track, a different path. They're choosing other goals, lesser goals, though they think they're worthy. And some are even trying to get you to go along with them. But I've warned you many, many times. And I will warn you one more time. Have nothing to do with that. Have nothing to do with them. You see, there's no easy street. But there are those who hate 
the cross of Christ. But an easy street is a dead end street. Those who live there, they make their bellies their God. All they can think about is their own appetite. But not you. No, not you. This is a time to press on. This is a time to stay the course. This is a time to live and be the light of Jesus. Seven women changed the entire course of a country. Seven women changed the course of four million people. Wonder what we could do. 22 years I've been your pastor. It's time for us to rethink. It's time for us to reconsider. It's time for us to take a fresh look. We have shared some amazing victories. And we've gone through some defeats. But he's still the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And I believe great days lie ahead. But we got to rethink what that looks like. Because it isn't going to be the same. I'm sitting in a room right now that we as a church, we air condition and we heat for six days. And for the most part, it sets in the dark. It's time to rethink how this room can be used seven days a week to serve our city. I've got another part of the building that we heat and we air condition and pretty much doing nothing for six days a week. And for four hours on the weekend, we open it up as well and we fill it with kids. It's time to rethink how can we make sure that that part of the church is used seven days a week. See, I don't want any more people driving by this church and seeing a parking lot empty and the only time it's filled is on the weekend. It's time for that parking lot to be full seven days a week. And when people go, what is happening there? It's time to rethink. It's time to rethink. There's a life group that this week was shared with me. They do something for moms who, little girls who get pregnant and don't have a clue how they're going to take care of a child and they have to make one of the most difficult of decisions to put that child up for adoption. I want to put a picture on the screen. This is one of the moms. She's wearing a pink robe that this life group gives every one of those moms and gives them an incredible welcome, if you will, bag filled with all kinds of things to let them know you're not going to be alone in this. We love you. We're praying for you. As a mom is saying, I can't, I can't do this, but, I, but this child needs something more than I can give. I can't imagine that decision. But it thrills my heart that there's a life group that says, but you matter. 
And they walk with these mothers and they fill bags and they pray over them and they say, you're not gonna be alone. That wasn't my idea. That wasn't our idea. That was their idea. And I'm learning more and more about life groups who are just stepping out and saying, listen, it's time for us to be the church and rethink this. And so all summer for 11 weeks, we're gonna do a series called Rethink. We're gonna rethink what it really means to have a loving God because some of us in this room have no idea mentally who God really is. And how you look at God determines your entire life, every decision you make. We're gonna rethink that. We're gonna rethink what it means that Jesus went to the cross for our sin. We're gonna rethink what it means, if you will, to be a community of believers. We're gonna rethink what it means to be a community of believers in this city what the Bible really says the church is to be. Because where we've been isn't gonna work anymore. It's a new day. 22 years ago, we started something and God has turned it completely upside down. And I'm just that kind of leader that says, okay, things change, we're gonna move with those changes. Because we're, we're serving an unchangeable God. And whatever he needs of us, we're going to do. So I'm going to walk you through it, believing that by the end of the series, we're going to recast to you, we believe where God is taking us as a church. Now, I, I will just say this. I never want anyone to leave. But if you're looking for comfort, I, I'm, I'm, you'll probably end up probably going somewhere else. That will break my heart. I don't understand that. I don't understand that mindset. But I, I have to keep pushing forward because there's so many people that don't know Christ. I was at a restaurant last night and I can't get my waitress off my mind. There is a story there and it's a restaurant that I'm going to start frequent, frequent, if you will, just going, going, going as I do because I want to get to know her and I want to know that story. But there's something in my heart that she's just on my mind that she needs to know Jesus. And the people we're with, when she walked away from the table, I said, that, that's what it's about. It's not about songs and sermons. It's about going out and being the song and being the sermon. And I believe that God is up to something extraordinary with this church. And I, I, want, I want you to listen to this. I'll lead that. I don't care how messy it gets. I don't care how difficult it gets. I will lay everything on my life down for that. I'll lay it with you. I want us to go. That's why we did what we did with the construction workers. That wasn't even about them. It was about you. Are we willing to step out? Are we willing to sacrifice whatever it takes for the kingdom of God? Not for here, not for church, not for religion, but for the kingdom of God where I'm going to spend forever. People matter to God. That's why God so loved that he gave. I listened to Christians 
over and over. And if you listen closely, oh, I can't wait for God to come again. I'm sick of this place. I can't stand this place. And yet here's a thought for you. The most popular verse in the entire Bible says, for God so loved the world. The thing that we're sick of, God loves. The thing we're tired of, God loves. Our job isn't to get through. Our job is to show the world that he loved how to live. That thy will be done on earth as it will be in heaven. And it's time for us to show the world how incredible Jesus is and who he is. I no longer want to meet people where they're at. I want to lift up Jesus and show them what they can be. And I'll let you play with that a little bit, but I think that's what Jesus did. That's why he was never distracted by his mission. I came that you could see life and that you could experience it. And so for the next if you will, 11 weeks, starting next week, we're going to start in a series called Rethink. We're launching a brand new service at 5 o'clock on Sunday afternoon into the evening. It'll be a service that's very strategically designed for parents who, who are out chasing kids all weekend and out at the lake and all of that. We're just trying to do everything we can. It's not about you. It's not about you going, oh, great, now we can go to the lake home so we can come then. See, it, you're still thinking it's about you. But your name's already written in the book. So I'm okay if you say, I'm going to go to my lake home and I'll be here at 5 o'clock. Who are you going to bring with you? Who are you going to bring with you? Because we all know people. It'll be a very strategic service. The music will be much more subdued. They've been running all weekend. They've been up at the lake. We might have people sitting in here that, that if you will, might be in their swimsuit. Boats out in the parking lot. How cool is that? You know it? We're probably going to have the tables set up. It's a possibility we'll serve food. We just want you to come. And we're going to tell you about Jesus. We're trying to figure out every way we can. That's a weekend thing. But we're trying to figure out every way we can. And we're having lots of conversations. And I'll go as far as if that means... I won't even go there. That'll freak you out. (laughs) But here's what I'm asking. Who do you know that needs to come? It's time to rethink. It's time to re-engage and figure this thing out. And I believe that God will not fail us. If we're willing to step out by faith, by faith, we will see the heavens open up. And we'll watch the kingdom fall upon us. I believe with all my heart. Amen. Let me pray. Father, thank you so much. We love you. I believe incredible days lie ahead. And I pray in our spirit right now that everybody say, amen, I'm in, I'm in. God, that might be a scary proposition. Too often we tend to approach you with, well, I'll wait and see. And the sadness in that is you'll never see. It's by faith when we step out that we actually see. To believe is to see. You don't see to believe. You're an amazing God. And I pray right now again, I'm in God. 
I don't know what it is. I know who you are. I don't know how it looks, but I know who you are. I don't even know what that requires, but I know who you are. And you cannot fail. And by doing so, we will see you in unbelievable, amazing ways. Well, thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past messages. And if you like what you're hearing, consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. It helps so much. You know, you can click the share button, take a screenshot and share it on your social stories and tag us at Celebrate Church. For more content from Celebrate and to connect with us, go to celebrate.church. We love you and we believe in you. God bless. God bless.